Welcome to Britcham Cambodia and the UK Department for International Trade's podcast series, Doing Business in Cambodia. Hello and welcome again to our podcast series, Doing Business in Cambodia. My name is Jane Wilding. I'm the Executive Director of Britcham Cambodia and I'm your host for today's podcast. The topic of which is foreign direct investment opportunities in Cambodia. I'm delighted to welcome our guest speaker, He's a Britcham member and Director of Regional Business Development at Acclaim. Welcome to Hugh Darwell. Thank you very much, Hugh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Before we delve into the topic, could you briefly introduce yourself and your company? Sure. Thanks, Jane. Um, I have been based in Asia for the last 17 years, uh, with uh, my time in Cambodia being the last three years. As Jane said, I'm a business development director at Acclime, and we are a regional provider of corporate services in Asia Pacific. We help corporates advance their businesses in difficult to navigate markets in Asia. And my experience over the last 17 years in Asia uh, makes me well placed to assist companies when they're expanding into Cambodia and other parts of the region. And certainly Cambodia is one of the most attractive countries in the region for foreign investors. A quote from the Council for Development of Cambodia, um, FDIs are treated in a non-discriminatory manner except for land ownership, which is stated in the constitution and allowed to invest freely in many areas. That would certainly be interesting for our listeners to know about, especially for those who are looking to invest in the region and in Cambodia specifically. So perhaps you, you could share with us some of the FDI framework and regulations in place on screening an FDI in Cambodia. Yes, if a foreign investor is not seeking any tax incentives when they're investing in Cambodia, then there's relatively little screening that goes on of the investment. You are permitted to have 100% owned foreign companies here and there is no need to have a local resident director. By law, the minimum capital required to invest in a company in Cambodia is 1,000 US dollars. However, in practice, the General Department of Taxation looks at the capital of the company and whether they think it'll be sufficient to support the business that the company proposes. If they believe it is not sufficient to support the business, there is a delay in the registration and sometimes they outrightly reject the registration. So as a result, when we are advising companies coming into Cambodia, we normally recommend a higher level of capital than the minimum of 1,000, and the capital will be sufficient to support the business that the company proposes to operate. As Jane mentioned, the one exception to 100% foreign ownership is if a company wants to own land in Cambodia. If that's the case, the company must have at least 51% ownership by a Cambodian national or a Cambodian company must own 51% of that company, which in turn is owned by Cambodian nationals. If a foreign investor is seeking a tax holiday in Cambodia, it can apply to the Council for Development of Cambodia, the CDC, for approval as a qualified investment project, otherwise known as a QIP. There are also some tax incentive for small and medium enterprises, which I'll talk about a bit later. For a QIP, if approval is granted, the company will receive a tax holiday for a minimum of three and a maximum of nine years after the first year in which the company makes a taxable profit. 
The company will also be eligible for duty-free import of equipment and construction materials. And if it's an export business, raw materials that are imported for the production process will also be exempted from import duties. Exports of the QIP are exempt from duty as well. In order to receive approval as a QIP, a certain minimum investment must be undertaken. The minimum investment depends on the industry in which the company is operating. For example, an export company must have an investment of $100,000. For light manufacturing, it is $300,000. And for food and beverage manufacturing, garment and footwear manufacturing, and crop processing for export, the investment needs to be $500,000 or more. Certain projects are ineligible for QIP incentives, including retail F&B outlets, small hotels, casinos, banking and insurance businesses. That's fascinating, Hugh. Thank you very much. And I believe that the CDC has outlined priority sectors for QIPs. Perhaps you could share a little information for our listeners about these industries and the capability of breaking into the new markets. The CDC has outlined priority sectors for QIPs. These include new industries with the capability of breaking into new markets, such as machinery assembly, electronics, electronic equipment assembly, and natural resource processing. The CDC will also prioritise investments in agro-industrial production, thereby encouraging companies to add value to the basic agricultural produce of Cambodia. Also encouraged are various supporting industries for large-scale tourism investments and investments in energy and green technology. As I mentioned earlier, there are also tax incentives for small and medium enterprises. The government has established a program for priority industries where companies can get a three or five year tax holiday. The priority sectors include agriculture, food manufacturing and processing, manufacturing of consumer goods, manufacturing of parts for use in other manufacturing processes, and those SMEs that choose to locate in an SME cluster. Enhanced tax deductions are also available for investment in IT and in technology that improves the production process. The first SME cluster is currently being constructed just south of Phnom Penh by a company called Worldbridge. Construction is expected to finish sometime later this year, and the SME cluster will be oriented towards SMEs that are looking to export their products. An ecosystem will be in place to support R&D and product development. Infrastructure will include a logistics service centre, sustainable energy efficient facilities, as well as the availability of I4.0 technologies to assist the SME in development of their products and ideas. And following up on some of those comments about the qualified investment projects, the QIP, um, I believe there's different types of QIP in Cambodia. Could you explain a bit to our listeners about what they are? Yeah, sure. Uh, the QRP status is granted to a project that is carried out by a Cambodian incorporated company, even though that company may be 100% foreign-owned. But QIP status is not available to branches of foreign companies. So if you are looking for a tax incentive, you need to set up a subsidiary in Cambodia. There was a new investment law promulgated towards the end of 2021 where the investors have two options to choose, one of which is a tax on income exemption 
and the other is a special depreciation rate and the, the ability to deduct certain expenses using an inflated rate. For the first option, an investor is entitled to receive a tax on income exemption between three and nine years, as I mentioned previously, depending on the specific investment sector and the activities of the company. At the end of the tax on income exemption period, the investor will pay tax on income at graduated rates for the next six years. So in the first two years, it's 5%, the next two, it's 10%, and for years five and six, it's 15% before the tax rate goes to the standard corporate tax rate of 20%. Regarding the second option, an investor is eligible for the deduction of certain expenditure, including capital depreciation and significant expenses at a rate of 200% of the expense incurred for a duration of up to nine years. So when an investor looks at a project in Cambodia, they must do a careful analysis at the start of the project, taking into account forecast costs and sales in order to determine which option best suits their operation. There are three types of QIPs. Uh, one is a domestically oriented QIP and the exemption that that company gets from customs duties and VAT is on production equipment, construction materials, and also for a domestically oriented QIP, the exemption that the entity gets from VAT and customs duty is for production equipment, construction materials, and any production input that goes into products that produce goods for export. There are export-oriented QIPs and they receive customs and VAT exemptions on production equipment, construction materials, raw materials, intermediate goods and accessories that are used in the production process. The third type of QIP is a supporting industry QIP where similar exemptions are available for the other two. In the case where the supporting industry QIP fails to supply 100% of its manufactured products to the export industry or directly exports its products, the QIP needs to pay customs duty and taxes on the production inputs for the quantity that is supplied to the domestic market rather than exported. So if you delve a bit more, Hugh, into the FDI into Cambodia, um, what, what are the top countries that are investing in Cambodia and what sectors are they investing in? There are figures for the first six months of 2021. Uh, the figures for the full year have not yet been published. And in the first six months, there was 3.9 billion of foreign direct investment approved by the CDC, according to the National Bank of Cambodia. The biggest source of registered FDI was China, with about 42% of the total registered investment capital among countries with newly licensed investment products in Cambodia during the period. So this number does not include all the smaller companies that come into Cambodia and don't go through the CDC process. After China, South Korea was the second uh, biggest investor in Cambodia, followed by Vietnam, Singapore, Japan and Malaysia. The Malaysian investment is mostly in the new Naga World building that is going up in Phnom Penh at the moment. Uh, the main areas of investment 
for the foreign investors were finance, manufacturing, real estate, agriculture and construction. And how easy is it for a company to invest in Cambodia or, or indeed how difficult is it? Well, the new investment law that I mentioned earlier, which was passed in late 2021, provides investment guarantees and protections to foreign investors coming into Cambodia. Under the new investment law, the investors are entitled to receive investment guarantees and protections, including but not limited to compensation for the losses as a result of civil war, armed conflict and a state of national emergency, fair treatment for domestic and foreign investors with restriction on land ownership by foreign investors being the one exception to that, protection against nationalisation or expropriation of the business, restriction against pricing regulations, no restriction on foreign exchange control and profit repatriation. And in that respect, it's fairly easy to move money in and out of Cambodia. There is a reporting requirement where a remittance of more than $10,000 is made, but the bank takes care of that rather than the company either remitting the funds or bringing the funds into Cambodia. And there is also intellectual property protection as part of the new investment law. In terms of how difficult it is to invest into Cambodia, setting up a company usually takes about two to three weeks, which includes registration with the Ministry of Commerce, the General Department of Taxation and the Ministry of Labour and Vocational Training. Once the company is set up, there are monthly tax filing obligations imposed on the company, even though it has not yet commenced operations. Certain industries and businesses will also require licensing from relevant government ministries. As I mentioned earlier, the minimum capital requirement by law is $1,000, but the tax department impose their own rules as regards capital and want to make sure that there's sufficient money in the company to carry on the business that is proposed by the investors. If they do not believe the capital is adequate, then the consequences are at best a delay in the registration and at worst an outright rejection of the registration application. So thanks, Hugh. There's a lot of detail there about the new competition law, but it certainly sounds like it's quite a step forward in terms of regulation and in terms of security and confidence that it can provide investors um, looking at Cambodia's market. It's always been an attractive market given the ease of doing business here and the ease of setting up business here, but this new competition law definitely sounds like it's giving it a little bit more of a framework in order for businesses to come here. Yes, it does that. It gives businesses a bit more security. Uh, there is a fair bit of red tape still in Cambodia in terms of, for example, the monthly tax filing obligations, the obligations you have to file with the Ministry of Labour when employees join the company or leave the company, things like construction permits, uh, getting licences to import products, all those sorts of things. So there is still red tape. Um, but it's red tape that is um, navigable. Yeah, and I guess anybody looking at investing in Cambodia, newly investing here, should speak to somebody like yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of foreign investors looking at Cambodia, what sectors and businesses do you think they should look at? You've been talking about 
construction, manufacturing, agriculture, and so on. But quite a lot of those sectors seem to be dominated by Southeast Asian investors. If you were a Western or a British investor looking at Cambodia, what sectors do you think are worth looking at? There's a number of sectors, I think, that are, that are worth looking at for foreign investors, both, both from Europe and, and from Asia. Um, the first one would be education. There's about 50% of the population of Cambodia is under 24 years of age and education is in strong demand. There is the emergence of a middle class who see education as a valuable tool for their children to open opportunities for interesting jobs that will lead to a fulfilling life. Although there are many international schools in Phnom Penh and other cities around Cambodia, there is still further capacity for schools as well as universities and technical colleges. Jane, you mentioned manufacturing. That is still an attractive area in which to look, particularly, for example, in the food processing sphere. Cambodia has a very big agricultural sector, but most of the produce at the moment is exported in its raw form rather than being processed into a more refined value-added product. So any investment that enables the upscaling of agricultural produce into high-value goods is most welcome here. There's also opportunities in manufacturing for the more technically advanced manufacturing, such as pharmaceuticals, medical equipment and electronics. And in the traditional manufacturing sector of garments and footwear, the opportunity exists to upgrade current facilities using the latest technologies to make those operations more efficient and more cost-effective. In the construction sector, one of the big areas of construction in Cambodia of late has been in infrastructure. There's a lot of infrastructure investment going on here. Associated with that, that investment is the opportunity for value-added services such as engineering, which is one area which should be examined by overseas companies. There's a lot of roads being built, a lot of bridges being built, and engineering is vital in making sure that they are constructed properly. Uh, the cost of electricity and at times the unreliable grid also presents opportunities in energy generation. The country's climate is ideally suited to solar generation and there is a opportunity for companies with the appropriate technology to come into Cambodia. There's also opportunities to partner with new factory developments in the provision of solar power to make those factories more energy efficient. Clean water is still an issue in much of the country, particularly in the rural areas, and technological advancements offshore could be introduced into Cambodia. Also, smart ways of improving internet speeds, particularly in country areas, would be welcomed by the country. In healthcare, there's a growing middle class in Cambodia and opportunities exist for additional and more advanced healthcare facilities, the importation of medical devices, as well as wellness facilities. Another potential opportunity is telemedicine, which is taking off in other parts of the world. With many of the population living in rural areas, telemedicine is something that would add a lot of value to the lives of those living in those areas. 
In relation to logistics in the country, the increased factory and agricultural output needs to be moved to market both domestically and for export. Currently, there are about 20 logistics centres around Cambodia, which is reasonably inefficient both in cost and time. There are plans for the Phnom Penh Logistics Complex, which have been announced, and the opportunity is there to be part of its development. There are a number of potential locations, but it would seem to be the one that is near an area just west of Phnom Penh International Airport that is the favoured site. That location is strategically significant as it sits between the Sihanoukville Autonomous Port and the Poi Pet Rail Line, which is on the border with Thailand. It is also located near National Roads 3 and 4, as well as the Phnom Penh Special Economic Zone. So the Phnom Penh Logistics Centre should go a long way to addressing the current logistics inefficiencies in the country. On a smaller scale, delivery services in the city are becoming increasingly in demand, both through increased internet shopping and more food deliveries being required because of COVID. Yeah, there is also an opportunity for companies that are involved in delivering documents for business, as many of the government processes here require originals of documents to be presented to them and the Cambodian postal system is still in the development stage. In uh, fintech, smartphones are everywhere in Cambodia. The latest stats are that there are 1.5 phones for each head of population in Cambodia. So digital payments are becoming increasingly popular and provide scope for new technology or the transfer of technology that has been developed offshore into Cambodia. In the retail sector, there are a number of new malls being constructed in Phnom Penh, as well as an expansion of existing malls. Trends point to an increasing consumption of fashion and technology, particularly in the younger demographic. The upturn in this sector of the economy will likely be delayed to later in 2022 or 2023, when it is expected that increased numbers of tourists will return to Cambodia. So given that lag in the uptick of the retail sector, now is a good time to be looking at investment opportunities there. Thank you very much, Hugh. That was a fascinating discussion. There's definitely a move towards making things a bit more regulated and solid with the new competition law. And certainly Cambodia is looking like an even more attractive opportunity for people to invest in, certainly for foreign investment. As we said, there's an awful lot of detail. We covered an awful lot of sectors. We covered an awful lot of opportunities and information. And we would encourage anybody looking at Cambodia as a new market to invest in, to come have a conversation with either ourselves at Britcham or somebody like you at Acclaim, um, to familiarise yourself with the rules and regulations and what you really need to be thinking about when you're looking at Cambodia as a market for either an expansion of your business in Southeast Asia or a new opportunity. The contact details for ourselves at Britcham and for Hewitt Acclaim are available in the podcast description and we would encourage anybody looking at Cambodia to reach out to one or either of us. Thank you very much for listening today and we look forward to welcoming you on our next podcast. Thank you, Jane and Britcham, for the opportunity to join you on this podcast. And for anyone listening who is looking at investing into Cambodia, 
I'd encourage you to reach out to me and we can have a discussion about the processes that you need to go through to get your company set up here. Thanks very much, Hugh. Please join us for the next Doing Business in Cambodia podcast, which will be available soon. For more information on Doing Business in Cambodia, please contact British Chamber of Commerce Cambodia or the British Embassy Phnom Penh.